Good morning, lovely people, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Dose with me, Dr. Suhail Essa. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, preventive measures. Uh, in particular, we'll be discussing vaccines. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot about vaccines throughout your lives. Uh, there's a lot of myths about it, what it can do, what it can't do. So today, I will be discussing exactly what a vaccine is, how a vaccine works. And perhaps by the end of this, you guys will be able to explain to your friends uh, the expected time that we anticipate we may have a vaccine for COVID-19. So, to understand vaccines, you've got to understand a simple term called herd immunity. Well, look, it's not that simple. I'll, I'll explain. I'll break it down. I'll simplify it for you. So, herd immunity, there are two forms. There's passive and active. The idea behind herd immunity is that a large, well, yeah, a majority of the population is required to be contaminated with a virus in order to develop immunity to protect themselves from spreading it to others. Now, the two types I spoke about was passive and active herd immunity. Okay, so you can get immunity passively in two ways. That's vertical transmission. That is, let's say a mother gets the a virus, whatever it is, and then she develops the antibodies for it. She passes it on to her child in the womb. That's how it works. Okay, and then you have horizontal transmission. Now, this is a little bit more tricky. This is when doctors will remove antibodies from one person's blood, somebody that's immune to a disease, and give those antibodies to another person so that they can mount an immune response against that virus if they catch it. Then you have active immunity. Now, in active immunity, this entails you must actually have had the virus in you, okay? So either you have a previous infection, so you've been infected with it, and now your body naturally came up with antibodies, uh, which are the soldiers, you know, to fight against the infections. And then uh, when you fight against the virus, you have the, the antibodies, the soldiers that remember, yeah, your, your soldiers, like in your body, they're very, very smart. Once you get a, any disease and you manage to be cured from it, your body knows how to attack the next time. Smart, right? So apart from being infected previously and getting the antibodies that way, you've also got, and yes, you guessed it, vaccines. Now, before I discuss vaccines, let me go a little bit more in-depth with herd immunity. 
So roughly they estimate around 70% of our population would need to get the virus for it to successfully stop spreading in the community. The way that works is if someone gets the virus, it is assumed that once they have recovered or their body has mounted an immune response against it, their soldiers remember, they will never be able to get it again, nor will they be able to spread it to anyone else. So if 70% get it, there's very highly unlikely chance that 70% is going to come into contact with the other 30% and infect them. It's basically how it works. Then you have something called the basic reproductive rate, which herd immunity is dependent on. It's one of the factors. Basic reproductive rate is how infectious a virus is. Like literally, the basic reproductive rate is how many people will be infected by one person if one person has the virus. So, so basically, like let's say you have the virus, right? Whatever it is, uh, flu, uh, COVID-19, and you go out and you come into contact with 10 people. Of those 10, how many are you going to be able to infect with this virus? That's basically it. So the higher the basic reproductive rate, the more infectious the disease is. That's basically how it works. So dependent, depending on the basic reproductive rate, we can determine how many people in our population require to, to have immunity of the, uh, this uh, disease for it to stop spreading. Now, with COVID-19, the basic reproductive rate is about four. So if one person had to come into contact with a group of people, four of them are going to get infected on average. That's the basic reproductive rate. So 60% to 70% is actually not that high if you look at herd immunity. It's not that high. Now that you guys understand it, you must also understand that with COVID-19, you have something called viral evolution. It happens with all viruses. They mutate, they transform, they become stronger, weaker, as they infect more people. So that's just something to take into consideration. Now, vaccines, as we know, are the best way to garner herd immunity in a population. So you need herd immunity, and the best way to get it is via vaccines. Now, most vaccines... Basically, what vaccines is, I'm going to give you the big scientific term, is attenuated forms of the live virus. And that sounds very complicated, but basically all that scientists do in a lab is they take the virus, they kill the virus, and then they remove certain parts of it, certain proteins in the virus, uh, and basically inject that into you. 
So your body picks up the virus without you actually getting sick. You don't actually get sick. You don't actually get the symptoms of the disease. But your body manages to find this virus and remove it. Remove these little proteins. They garner immune response within your body. And now your antibodies, you have antibodies for that virus. Which means if you ever get in, potentially get infected, your body immediately will pick it up and get rid of it. That's how a vaccine works. Now, you need to have a functioning immune system for you to get any form of a vaccine. Right? So people, and, and that's the issue that we're going to see here in our country and why a lockdown may continue for a little bit longer because, you know, even if we had a vaccine available, we've got such a large group in our population that wouldn't even qualify for the vaccine. Like, for example, HIV-positive patients, and we have the highest number in the world, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's changed anytime soon. Uh, or, yeah, I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon. So you need to have a functioning immune system for it to work. And if you don't have one, it's very dangerous to get a, vac uh, to, to get a vaccine because your body will not mount an immune response to the vaccine. So anybody that has cancer, uh, whose immune system is weak, the very old, the, and people with other autoimmune diseases or something like HIV, they don't qualify. So now, if you remember the, the, the concept of herd immunity, now in other countries, they're using this strategy like the UK, their main goal is to try and just get everybody sick so that nobody continues spreading it in the country. That's basically their plan. They, they started very late with their lockdown. Uh, their, the measures that they've implemented have been quite, quite lax, I must say. So they, their plan is that, and they hope that it'll work, is just everybody is going to get it and then they will become immune to it. You know, it's not very dangerous. Uh, not everyone will die. Most people are going to get mild symptoms. So should we really invest that much money in shutting the country down for good and keeping it this way forever? Only time will tell. But in our country, that's not going to work. And the reason why is because we have so many people that are known as free riders. And free riders are basically all the people that catch a free ride on the immunity that others have obtained. So others, whether them being infected or getting a vaccine, those people will protect protect our vulnerable populations here in South Africa. But we can't rely completely on that because we don't know how effective herd immunity will be in our population group if a large proportion of our population is immunocompromised, is vulnerable, doesn't, cannot just get the virus and then wake up the next morning like nothing happened. Some people are going to suffer. 
So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that, that reality is quite, is quite sad. Like, it really is quite sad for a lot of us because uh, it, it, it means that the lockdown is going to continue. And, you know, people have asked me, you know, when will a, when will a vaccine become available? When are we looking at a cure for this? Look, who knows? Honestly, the, in the last outbreak, the last huge outbreak that this world has seen, which was influenza about 100 years ago, it took them years to come up with a vaccine. They shut down initially. They did all the social distancing, all of that stuff. And then people were just dying. They literally had no way to protect people anymore. And then finally, five years later, they came out with a vaccine. Yeah. Five years. Now, obviously, we have modern science and we hope that we can find, but these viruses are clever. This virus is very similar to a lot of other viruses, but nothing seems, a, a lot of viruses that we already know and some we have treatments for, some we don't, but this virus is tricky. It's just not, not budging to anything that, uh, you know, we're trying. So whew, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. I can't give you guys a time. Like I would hope, I would hope that we could get something in a year. Uh, six months to a year is very optimistic. I'll be honest. And at the beginning of this podcast, I said, I'm not an optimist. No, I'm a pessimist. I'm a realist. So six to 12 months, that's an optimist outlook on the situation. It could be far, far more. Way, way more. Yeah. So we get a vaccine. So, so something interesting I, I, I did uh, pick up, I managed to find, was... The study that they actually did, or they're, they're starting now in Australia with over 4,000 healthcare professionals. And basically what the study is trying to pick up is whether the vaccine for TB prevents you from getting COVID-19 or pre rather prevents you from getting the severe symptoms of COVID-19. Now, in other countries, it's, it's very different. But in South Africa and in India, surprisingly, a lot of people, well, not even a lot, government rolls out the TB vaccine. It's called BCG. Okay, the BCG vaccine. Now, if you look on your arm, some people actually have scars on their arm from that BCG vaccine. It can cause a reaction in the skin. You get like five dots around your arm. You ever seen that? You ever noticed that on your arm when, you, when you're a child and you got vaccines? Now, because of the high rates of TB that we have in, in South Africa as a third world country, as well as India, India is also a third world country, so they also roll out uh, the TB vaccine. Now, in India, Surprisingly, with a population of almost a billion people, they have very, very few cases, no deaths. It's weird. It's very strange. Now, either they could be lying 
or it there could be a correlation between this TB vaccine and protecting you from COVID-19. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. However, in other viruses, it has been shown to offer some sort of protection. Like with SARS, like with MERS, it does offer protection, which is weird because TB is a bacteria. It's not a virus. So, like, as I explained, you know, with the vaccine, you give a dead version of the thing. And then you inject it into someone and they have an immune response. That's how you get it. Weird, right? So if they're injecting you with little bits of a bacteria, I don't understand how it protects you from a virus. But for whatever reason, it seems to be working. But only time will tell once the study is over. If it is, thank God for our country, thank God for our government. Uh, because we have a high rate of TB in this country, that's why they roll this vaccine out. And that's why, uh, you know, it might, it, like it might protect us from uh, COVID-19. And that's why we're not seeing huge spikes in the numbers. Whereas in the European countries, once they started noticing a decline in the number of TB cases, they had very few TB cases, they couldn't justify making it a law that everyone gets this vaccine at a young age if it's not in their it's not going to affect their population. And that's why some scientists are saying, well, look at how many cases in Italy you have now. People are dying there. They don't have the TB vaccine. What about, you know, many other countries? America doesn't have the, the rollout of the TB vaccine. They're almost toppling the numbers uh, that China has in terms of deaths. So it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to consider. But I think in time, with a lot of research, I, I have faith in our scientists. And I'm sure we'll come up with some sort of vaccine in the next six months to a year. And hopefully we can all go back to our normal lives. So thank you for watching another episode of The Daily Dose. Uh, I'll be back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. Uh, so stay safe. Keep washing your hands. Stay at home. Uh, I'm going to be out in the field today. I'll be reporting tomorrow. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in once again. My name is Sohail Essa. Peace, love. Assalamu alaikum.